Hello, welcome back to the second episode of Something in the Crumb, a podcast by Unsung Kim and Kim Wen. Um, we're really excited to talk to you again about uh, the Korean drama Something in the Rain. Um, this will be our second episode that focuses on this particular Korean drama and in this particular or in this episode we're going to go through a few specific scenes and then tell you our thoughts about the accessories and the fashion of the show you know it's very exciting very exciting (laughs) very very important obviously well I think in the last slash our first episode um we kind of discussed more of an overview of the whole series. Um, so we thought for this one, we'd maybe just like really delve into one particular episode. And we've decided to look at episode five, um, in which, you know, the relationship is underway. Our two main characters have obviously like committed to being with each other, but they still have yet to actually tell anybody. Yes, that they are seeing each other. And so uh, I think that the best friend has gone out of town for work for some reason. And so they take it as an opportunity to spend the night together for the first time without getting caught. (laughs) And maybe I think for those who are listening and we imagine clearly to be like thousands and thousands of thousands of of listeners uh for those of you who are familiar with the k-drama sort of trope you actually don't see a lot of um not too much kind of explicit action into like the what happens during the spend the night and um we thought that it was like a good way to sort of talk about both what the show does kind of and how it deviates, but also how the two characters in the show navigate the sort of like interact, you know, like essentially like dating as adults, which is important. (laughs) Some of us still do it. (laughs) Not Kim. Just me. Not me. Yeah, just me. One of two of us. (laughs) Just me. Um, Yeah, there's like a very like, there's a lot of like this kind of um, sort of cringeworthy but very accurate portrayals, you know, in which it's like, oh, you're just, we're just hanging out together, but it's kind of like they're just here to point, you know? Yeah, (laughs) totally. It's like they're totally, I mean, like, They've gone on so many dates and so many walks, as we previously mentioned, like hours and hours and hours of walking and just staring at each other while they're at weird restaurants, Italian restaurants full of cream pasta. And so finally, they're over at each other's houses for a very specific reason. Yes. And it's like, everyone knows what's going on here. (laughs) Um... But they're still kind of being like shy with each other a little bit. It's also the daytime, which is quite interesting as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're, I don't know exactly. Again, you know, we, we talked about how confusing time is on the show. I'm not really understanding when this date is initiated. But they basically, she goes there at some point during the daytime. They're, he pretends to make her some tea or coffee or something. Then they just like make out (laughs) and then she gets a phone call from her best friend slash his sister and then proceeds to like run outside because, well, it's not a phone call. It's like a FaceTime kind of situation. And she's like, oh my God, I don't want her to find out I'm here. And so she like runs and like inexplicably goes to some weird tree and then sits in a very awkward position (laughs) so that... Like, and then the woman, like, her friend is just like, where are you? Like, why? <laughs> like, because it, like, makes no sense why she's sort of sitting, like, in the straight angle. And so they're kind of going through a lot of trouble to conceal the fact that 
you know, that they're just like hanging out together. But it's very hard not to associate it with like this kind of weird, like almost physical shame. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of like they're two adults and one is like in her mid thirties and the other is in their, his like early thirties. And so like, why does anyone have to lie about any of this? Uh, I, I know. It's like, I don't know why this is shameful. Literally, they were just kissing and it doesn't even look like there was time, you know? <laughs> like, it is really awkward when they kiss. You're just, you don't really know. You, I, I mean, I always felt like I should look elsewhere. I'm like, you know, like, I was like, is it weird for me to watch them? Because I don't know. Like, what are they doing? So. Um, also, in the scene, something that's always bothered me is, number one, she's wearing Birkenstocks with socks. Weird choice. Weird. Um. And she's wearing white jeans. And then when she's trying to conceal her location, she's basically like sitting in the dirt in her white jeans. Oh, Kim, good point. Yeah. So other than like the subway, Quiznos. Subway? Subway? They go to Subway in this series. Yeah. Quiznos in the next one. (laughs) Spoiler alert. We'll talk about Quiznos in the next one. So other than the subway fantasy, I guess the real fantasy is that, you know, she's wearing Birkenstocks with socks and like that's, we think, or I think, a a very inconsistent choice for her. Do you think it's to indicate age or that it's a weekend? It's the weekend. (laughs) It's the weekend. I mean, what I also never understood about this scene other than the fact that it's funny and it does indicate a kind of shame that is being portrayed is why couldn't she just ignore the call? Like why can't any of the characters ever just decline calls? Like she could be very busy. She could be in the shower. She could be shopping for her Birkenstocks. She could be like at a subway with her ringer off. Like did she have to pick up at that very moment? Other than to sort of, you know, display how awkward it is that she was one making out with this her boyfriend essentially and then his sister calls i do feel like they use the phone a lot for it being 2018 Mm. yeah it's true a lot like they're on the phone like doing the exact same thing that you're talking about you know where it's like why are they always answering these calls why are people making so many calls? Like, shouldn't you just be texting? It's 2018. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And I would say that, like, of all the, the leading up to the episodes, it was interesting because they seemed so comfortable and so compatible around each other. And it was like there was something about this episode where the date was just so unbearably awkward. And after, you know, after they do it, they're fine. They're like back to their normal normal selves. But like <laughs> leading up to it, you're just like it's it's like a it's like 20 minutes of like cringing like for for everyone. Like they're cringing, well, you're cringing. He also like it's because they know that this is supposed to happen and then at one point you know he basically says to her like i want to help but he doesn't say it like that he's <laughs> like i want to hold you closer you know <laughs> like, oh god and it's the most awkward thing ever and then she just like takes a swig of wine and then goes into the bedroom <laughs> Yeah. I can't decide if this is another sort of realistic rendering. You know, just like the her emotional development is like literally realism. Is this another kind of moment of realistic rendering? Or is it just like a way to understand like a K-drama trope? Yeah. Um, that every, yeah. I also kind of think this is like actually kind of accelerated for a K drama. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Like, this episode five, and you're already humping. Like it's like whoa. I know. You know, sometimes you don't even get a kiss until episode eight or nine. Like it's kind of fast. <laughs> I think you're like you have eleven episodes where you have to be 
not just holding hands. Like yeah. everyone's going to imagine you as doing more for 11 episodes. It's like mostly like standing near each other. And then there's like a really like sexually charged hug at some point. <laughs> and then maybe you get a single kiss and it's like, what? And so episode five already him being like, I want to hold you. It's like, whoa, okay. Yeah. It's I also don't really know how much time is being covered on this show. In That's general. true. Like, I have no idea, like, how long they've been, like, cute and secretive for mm -hmm. before people actually find out. Like, is this, like, a year? Is this a month? Like, I kind of can't tell. So the other thing that I actually thought was really interesting about even, like, the acceleration that you're talking about versus, like, their kind of family of origin and disposition is that part of why they're over at his house and he lives on his own it's like explained mm -hmm. by the fact that he's more or less has been abandoned by his family yeah, he's and basically an orphan yeah he's an orphan and so he's had this like studio apartment literally yes. bachelor pad uh, yes. for the majority of his life and his sister equally has like a bachelor a bachelorette pad like they have like yes. apartments across from each other but there's studios and you know versus she doesn't have a place of her own because she's not an orphan so she must like she's like living with her family members because that's kind of traditional yeah that's what's traditional unmarried woman unmarried women versus like he has this place where they can go back to um, and it's not like you, it, it doesn't come with a lot of explanations because he doesn't have like other family members. Yes. So it's also a location in which illicit things. Yes. Happen. Yes. <laughs> and you don't I have. I mean, we could also talk about the fact that like, I've actually thought about this a lot <laughs> looking at his kitchen where I'm just like, okay. And like, who eats here? <laughs> like nothing. There's, there's like, like he has a kettle, you know. He has a cupboard with like five packs of like instant ramen, and about it. It's all he's got. I never see a pot. I never see like. I don't think he ever actually makes food. Mm -hmm. They just order in pizza again with the Italian. Like, yeah. And it's a very yeah, it's a very strange apartment. It is. Way. Because it's, it's essentially like a studio that's divided by a bookshelf. And yes. then immediately there's like a small living room area and then like followed by a kitchen area that Kim is saying is just genuinely underutilized. Um, yes. The fridge is full of beer. That's about all we know. <laughs> if we're thinking about class dynamics and not just class on a level of like monetary placement of the individual but just perhaps like upbringing and like sociality um do you think it's realistic for someone of his age to be living on his own and owning his own apartment at the age of 31 in Seoul I mean I think that there's a lot that I think that there's a lot that's unrealistic Always about all of these shows. If we cared about realism, I don't know why we'd be watching. No, no, no. But I do think like some of the realism of just like her emotional kind of undertaking and the exploration of like gender dynamics. Like it does. It. I do think that the show strives really hard, or strives to a certain extent to really grapple with this in. Um, not in a flippant manner like they it does seem like there's a kind of care and so I think more than anything the the fact that he's this young and he owns his own apartment and he lives on his own I was sort of reading it as like you you're not really supposed to read him exceptionally but he actually is a lot more I don't I don't know if exceptional is the word but he's a little bit more um writ hard like he like he grew up a certain kind of way and he's a little bit harder than you would expect and i do think that you sort of get that through 
out the rest of the, the, the show that that where others are a little kind of uh, reckless, like he's not. Where others are immature, he is not. It does seem like what I think that like the, the official term is like he's a parentified child. Like he brought himself up and it shows in a lot of the dynamics, not just with this person that he's now starting to date, but the way he interacts with the adults in his life. Which, I mean, there aren't that many adults in his life. Like, the few interactions that we see um, of him, I think it was, like, one or two interactions with, like, his actual father. Like, he basically decides, like, he doesn't exist. And then the interactions with, like, you know, the mother, his, like, girlfriend's mother, essentially. At first, it was really warm. But as he understands that she's critical of him, he doesn't actually try to appease her. He just kind of, he's really distant. And I think that that kind of coldness is, um, and I do think that the, it plays into, like, the way that his character is constructed, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they kind of address it, too, you know, when when his real father comes into the picture. Yes. Right. And that she, you know, his girlfriend, which, you know, it's a little bit overstepping, you know, where she also is like initiates this kind of dialogue with his real father. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, he's like, I don't want to see him. I don't care about him. Yeah. He abandoned us. I don't love him. Yeah. And then she thinks that he's being immature. Exactly. He will not initiate this relationship or try to like, rebuild it somehow because at the end of the day like he's still your father you know and he's like he's not my father but i do think that that shows the level of immaturity that she's currently living with because of this kind of um the the kinds of acceptance that she has of certain formations that for her it's like of course you just listen to somebody because they're your parents and you have to have a relationship with them because you're you're you know of course like your father loves you and he's like no 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 i lived my entire life like but he also describes it as almost like the reason why he doesn't feel the same way mm -hmm. is like i don't have parents and i wasn't parented but he does say like it, there's like a little hint of it almost feeling like a lack, you know, like there's like a little hint where he's like, how am I supposed to feel that way? I never had the parent to like basically become a person. Exactly. Feel this obligation, you know, exactly. so he, it's like, it's both framed as being like, I'm, I am not that I, you and I are not the same in this way. Yeah. But he also is kind of like, I didn't have the opportunity to even feel this way yeah you know it's kind of sad it's actually a very sad sort of moment but it it's actually one of the few times he also sort of breaks too Mm -hmm. you know or when it starts to like fall apart in a way for him but do you think i mean you know when the mother finds out and like you know going back to what you were saying about like it's not like he is like asking her for forgiveness or doing these things like she slaps him in the face Mm -hmm. and and then at a certain point you know, his girlfriend comes back and, like, starts to, like, get into a fight with her mother, and then he just gets in between them to protect the girlfriend. So it's like he's only doing it for her. It's not because he feels as though he owes them anything. And which is also why he chooses to say, let's leave them all and go to the United States. Exactly. I think that that resolution makes a lot of sense to him because he's like, this is just abandonment. Like, this is just, like... They abandon you and you have to just make a new life. And I do think to a certain extent, he's not wrong. I mean, he's, he's wrong in the sense that she does abandon. Yeah. Like that's how, like, that's how her, like, that's how her storyline actually comes to like real conclusion. Exactly. Like she like finally chooses to leave all of these people. Exactly. So he's not wrong. It's just like he his I mean it's like I I hate to be so Korean about it but it's like it's such a timing issue where like he doesn't allow her to come to her own conclusions he doesn't allow her or he doesn't allow for any space for her to sort of resolve her own conflicts he just kind of makes a a decision playing the role of the patriarch that he basically hates and and then like that is like part of what actually drives them apart is that he like wants to have this like final word moment when like 
isn't that so much of what he's been kind of grappling against. But I did want to say, like, like I do think that he, he is a parentified child, but it's very clear that his sister feels like his mother. And this comes yes. up again and again. And I think that that's why the relationship at first feels a little bit really uh, uh, really fraught because people felt like they were their mothers, right? Mm -hmm. His mother in particular, both like yes. his, her mom felt like his mother, his sister felt like his mother versus yes. like, it was I don't, very familial, like in all yes, directions. Yes. And versus like, they grew uh, up together. They were very like, they're basically siblings. They, multiple people say this. Like, absolutely. She's, she's basically your sister too, you know? Yes. But I also think like, I'm not really sure if he actually thought anybody was his mother. Like, I think he thinks of himself as quite independent. Yeah. And he's pretty unattached to their ideas. He, I mean, he's clearly very secretive. So I don't really think that he's a coddled. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of only into her, you know? Like, there's just, like, nothing else that he's concerned with, really. Mm -hmm. But, um, I mean, I do think that there is, though... You know, they frame him as being very emotionally mature and like all of these things because he, you know, his parents abandoned him and he's like been living independently and like and lived overseas and did all of this stuff. But he also has so much like repression, mm -hmm. you know, because this is like one of the like it comes up a lot towards the end where like, you know, she's like, you're not okay. Like, you keep saying you're okay, but you're actually not okay at all. You say, like, oh, you're fine, you're fine, it's fine, it's fine. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's like, I can take it, whatever. And it's yeah. like, you're actually just, like, not processing your feelings. And so then you go and do, like, rash things, like, hey, we're moving to the United States. <laughs> and then she basically just calls him out on it, right? It's like, you couldn't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. You just didn't, like, you basically are just too emotionally mature to just, like, say it out loud that you were just, like, this whole situation is too much. And it's know? hard for me, instead of being like, actually really hurts that your mother hates me this much because yeah. what does it mean? What it, what has my entire childhood meant really that yeah. like there are these adults well, who are like nice to me but actually don't want me to be a part of their family. It like yeah. must feel like another level of betrayal. Yes. But you're right. And like another level of abandonment. Exactly. I mean, obviously very triggering like i mean i think that's actually why the best friend is even more like like even more deeply offended you know like his sister mm -hmm. she is just like i had no idea yeah way and she is so betrayed by them because you know she doesn't have the same kind of like almost like a reckless reasoning you know where it's like i don't have this like insane love for this person yeah that, like the fact that these people are so terrible to us exactly but i also think like it does make it seem like it it is a really interesting i mean there probably is a psychoanalytic term for this where it's like if everyone thinks that they're his mother and yeah. like so then how many layers of approval must he go through before he like is involved in a relationship like the kind of level of control that they want over like his life is very clear versus like his disinterest in all of their opinions are also really clear and you're right like he only really seems to be into her actually we don't really even know what he's into before he's into her that is kind of that that is concerning on some level like on like a just a level of like what else is happening and like says a lot about like your comment about repression like what else is there like we see I mean, he rides a bike <laughs> <laughs> a lot a lot a lot we see him ride a bike he has a driver's license <laughs> true he does look good you know amazing his he does look great um his apartment is relatively clean there are books in them we never see him read any of these books he makes video games we don't see him play video games. he never plays video games so it's kind of random that he's a video game designer oh, he's into drawing remember mm. he loves to draw <laughs> but i did want to say this about the scene or like this episode that we're think talking about is that maybe them having sex kind of early on is a really good way to think about um 
like the adultness of their relationship that it's not immature it's like a it is a fully mature developed relationship it's not about a kind of fantasy and and just pure idealization or this kind of it doesn't stay within this kind of like innocent purity realm that it kind of directly goes there and then like from there it develops right so it's like that kind of physical intimacy like when they no longer are just kind of awkwardly looking at each other for 20 minutes you know like the morning after and then the various morning afters thereafter they are like i i do think that this is when it starts to feel more and more like a partnership so like they were yes. really friendly before they were really cute before and now they're intimate and this is a, this is like not like a two people have a crush on each other it's like this is a yeah. real this is a real relationship they're two adults they're two consenting adults and everyone else ha- has opinions but like you know it's tertiary All your friends are just like way too nosy yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, like they're controlling and they're nosy. <laughs> they are and 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 they're really nosy and controlling of him too. Where like, well, you know, because I do think if it maybe just stayed within this the realm that like K-drama sometimes stay in, which is like we hold hands sometimes, maybe yeah. it would have been harder to take it seriously as like a partnership or like yeah, or like sure. to really be convinced that he is a part of her emotional development versus like I do think because earlier on it just kind of moves into the realm of like mature relationship like we're like oh yeah okay like we watch them develop in this way well and they aren't like it isn't um, a love at first sight narrative mm-hmm. you know it isn't a like a meet cute that somehow like Absolutely. oh like this person just cosmically came out of nowhere and we have fallen in love and Absolutely. they are it is really not that kind of it's actually more about like both characters have lived lives and they're kind of both damaged they are they're both damaged and then they it's like it's almost more like a second chance narrative totally it's like a love at first sight narrative right it's like like she's damaged she like has terrible relationships she's abused he's abandoned like probably doesn't let anybody in you know no no that is part of the thing is that he no one else is in but she's in. in she somehow gets in yeah. And like I do think that's part of the problem is that like he's based his like exit to the US is like okay now you're in and now we leave. And she tries to say like actually can we let other people into our space? But then she's like never mind, let's just leave. <laughs> <laughs> We're damaged. Let's just leave. <laughs> We're just damaged. You're damaged, I'm damaged. I got to go. <laughs> like absolutely true I do think that he has like I don't know it's really quite fascinating because I think their chemistry is great but I think that we just also very much believe and kind of accept that they have this history and Mm. it just like makes for them yeah they just can skip steps you know like you don't because it isn't a love at first sight narrative you don't like building up this thing about like them getting to know each other like they already know everything about each other in a way yeah yeah um so they can kind of just like immediately move to almost a more intimate sort of level yeah yeah relationship i like that and i do think that like that is maybe she's able to get in because he already does feel a level of familiarity with her but then once they decide this is their second chance, then it's like, well, she was already kind of in the realm of like friendship, very, very close friendship. Like, and so that, that allows for that kind of space to be opened. Well, there, and like, I think at the end, the end of the series where, you know, spoiler alert, after they break up <laughs> and she like moves to her single lady island. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She moves just, you to, know, it's just skincare and white tops. Yeah. Um, she moves <laughs> to Jeju-do, which last time I checked um, was pretty protected from the corona, the COVID-19. <laughs> it was like four, four, four people had tested positive on the entire <laughs> island. But it's just it. like all the women being like, absolutely not. 
<laughs> no Corona here, but all of our creams are working. <laughs> yeah, and you know, like the backdrop of Jeju is like it's pretty much known to be an island full of strong women anyway it's like yes. kind of like this island full of like strong women divers and like farmers and stuff so the fact that like her and the friend well she the friend goes first to set up the bed and breakfast whatever. whatever it is that she's doing there it's unclear it's really cute unclear. Really people cute. go there yeah apparently. she's happy rent must be low <laughs> I know. We should start thinking of some plans, actually. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, maybe you figure this out. Uh, um, but she goes. She's, like, on this island or whatever. And I think that, like, they have this conversation with her and her friend, uh, who's one of the only people that, you know, or found out quite early about the relationship and mm-hmm. was quite supportive and, you know, all of these things. And, and they talk just about, like, you know almost as if the woman is just like, she's just not gonna find love again. Like, yeah. it was like, I had my second chance. That's it. It's fine. We'll just be here and die alone. You know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. this is where it's at. And and it's just, it's quite interesting that it's like, even though she had a second chance, where it was like, clearly you think that you would feel revived. Like, oh, you know, I was able to find love again. She's like, that's it. I found the person and we're done. Dead. Like, <laughs> going to die on Jeju Island. And uh, so, I I mean, spoiler alert, like, they do break up because he makes, a, he makes a decision that they should move to the United States and pretty much quits his job and requires, or he doesn't quit, he puts in for a transfer and is approved before talking to her about any of this. He's just like, I have a great idea. I put in a transfer, it was approved, so we can go to the U.S., and she's like, what? <laughs> like, but she well, also does he, her own he thing. That necklace. Yeah. <laughs> he designed it for her. He he spent we a lot of time. He designed it for yeah. her. We don't know if that's actually true. Yeah. He made a drawing of a necklace, <laughs> which is a weird gift. <laughs> <laughs> we did not think that it was a very good necklace. It was <laughs> possibly the the least attractive accessory on the entire show. I really hope he designed it because if he just like bought a necklace and then drew the necklace <laughs> and gifted her the drawing of the necklace that he just bought at like Cartier or whatever. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's weird. Oh <laughs> my gosh. It's like, I could see like someone being like, it's conceptual art. It's like, you know, the artifact <laughs> after the gift being conceptualized in this way. Yeah. So like, I mean, I do think maybe he makes this, he makes a decision that he thinks is best for the both of them, which requires them to move out of the country but she also makes her own decision where she rents an apartment because she thinks that this will be the way to kind of move her her and this boyfriend away from her mother anyway which also i don't know why that like okay let's just sliding doors this you know what would happen if she had gone to the united states with him Mm -hmm. what happened to them and then what would have happened if he had just stayed and she just, like, had her apartment? <laughs> and he had his apartment. Okay, so I did read some comments when the drama was, like, you know, live and, like, on Vicky or, like, on the streaming sites. And yes. just kind of people were waiting for the episodes. And on so many of the episodes, so many of the comments, or like, as soon as the episode was released, all of the comments would be, like, I don't understand why she can't get an apartment. Why can't she get an apartment? They were like, what's the problem? Get an apartment. Get an apartment was like the solution to... Well, that's why I wanted to ask, where I was like, how realistic is it that this guy has his own apartment? Is it like circumstantial? (laughs) Or is it like truly impossible for people in their 30s to afford apartments? (laughs) So I think it's like, the way that I understood it, it was multi-layered. I mean... Because I have a, a, a brother who, like, tells me about, like, the sort of the nitty-gritties of Seoul. Like, one, apartments in Seoul are actually pretty expensive. But, two, the way that, like, the rental markets go is it, it's not so much, like, how much your rent is by month. It's, like, you have to put in, like, a large deposit. Oh, yes. So, if you put in, like, more of a deposit, like, it's, like, here... The way that, like, he explained it to me is that, like, if you put in, like, $300,000 of a deposit, then you could pay, like, 
$400 a month or like $200 a month or some people pay like nothing per month, but you put in like this really large deposit to like, so, but to not own property, <laughs> to not own property. Right. But like, I do think a lot of like the night, the, the more oh, like the places that people, interesting because yeah, you don't own the property. You don't own the property. But you just putting the $400,000 down and yeah. potentially not paying anything at all. Yeah. And yeah. And you should ostensibly get it back. You do get it back, but like, with interest? you don't get it with interest. The, okay. this is how the <laughs> landlord makes their money is that they get to keep the interest. So it's like, essentially you're giving them investment money and then you might pay rent on top of it. (laughs) This podcast has now turned into like a WTF. Like, so I mean, what happens is that like, it does end up being incredibly difficult for people who don't have a lot of money, especially if you're poor you right. don't have a ton to put down up front, up front, and then you will pay more in rent. So, like, even something like $1,000 in rent is a lot if all of your savings is tied up to this, like, deposit, right? So, like, that's how, like, the the, the rental um, places, rental functions. Right. And I think that the places that, like, maybe a single woman would feel comfortable living in like it's like okay like how much are you making korea has like the highest gender income disparity of like any oecd last time i checked it was 39 percent. so i mean hard times for lesbians hard times the only reason she gets the apartment is because like her mother kicks her out and like releases her like savings Yes. So there is that, but also like the places that she looks at, the 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 rental agent does say something to her that like her budget is not good enough. Like, so I do think like a we don't know how much she's making, but it doesn't seem like she's making a ton of money. Like I think she's doing okay. Maybe she's like officially. um, I mean, she's like talk about it. Her and her friend are kind of like, are you going to be able to do this? (laughs) Like, like can you afford this place? Right. And you've just been like demoted because you like reported your boss for like sexual harassment or whatever like it's gonna work out for you so she just shoves a bunch of noodles in her mouth like i just like just eat i can't even talk about it right like once again my friendships are failing me (laughs) like yeah i mean i think that there's the layer of like okay so she is working but like how much money does she have saved up yeah. Like, as a realistic question, how much money do non-married women who don't have large endowments from their parents have saved up so that yes. they can move out? So maybe it's, like, less of a question of, like, this is tradition and literally more of a question of economics. But then also, like, I do think part of the what the character, the character she's playing is, I mean, it explores how, like, she does abide by certain traditions and she hasn't really questioned them that much and then when she does start questioning them it's a little bit endless like beginning with like why am i assaulted more or less at every work function and and every minute at work to like what does it mean for me to live with two people who don't necessarily support my vision for the future um when i'm a i'm a full-blown adult right so i do think like it's like both of those things there's like an economic component but also like maybe she's someone who like didn't necessarily have those concerns two years ago but she does she has them now oh yeah i mean she definitely strikes um all of us as someone who just like never really questioned yes any of these things right she was like this is just how it is this is what work is and she's not wrong that's you know? <laughs> like, what work looks like you know and she's just like, whatever. And she's like, we just go out, and then I get felt up, and I, like, get wasted, and then go to bed for, like, 45 men, and then go back to work, whatever. Or I go to work, I come home, and then my mother yells at me, and then and then my dad cries a little because he's also an alcoholic, and then I go to bed, you know? Yes. So I think she just kind of, like, accepts it. Like, she just, yeah. like, accepts it. This is what it looks like. This is accepts what except what her life is supposed to just generally be. Mm-hmm. And I think throughout the series, you start to see her just like be very blunt um, with the people in her life, you yeah. know? Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily like, 
again, like it's a very realistic, gradual thing. It's like sometimes just because she says it doesn't mean she's always following through mm-hmm. on the things that she says. But it's like I guess it's progress because she at least says it out loud. You know, like right. she goes on a business trip with her like boss who always feels her up, and he's like, "You got to come out for dinner," and she's like, "Well." I don't think so because the workday is done and we already did this. We met with this person. I don't really need to meet and go out, go out with you pervs. So I'll see you guys later. Bye. And she just like leaves. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's so entitled that like, it's, he's so realistic and believable. Like he's just so entitled. Like he feels genuinely entitled to her time, her body, like everything about her. And he's, he seems like genuinely, like he be- genuinely believes he's the victim in every, like whenever she says no to him, she, he feels like she's the victim. And then when he's reported, he definitely feels like he's a victim of some kind of like gender oh. conspiracy well, or something. He, like, like he goes to his boss and his boss's boss and is just like, can you believe this? Can you believe this? Like, it is like our entitlement to have these positions in which we can just like abuse the women around us. What? It's crazy. And they just like don't understand as if this job is an agreement for this and you have disobeyed this agreement. Well, and he, he's such a buffoon. It's like kind of amazing how idiotic he is. But it is. The job is an agreement. Like he does no work. He's literally incompetent. He doesn't do anything. His entire existence is he abuses the women around him. And there's a lot of women and around him. they're all him. women. Like, they're all like women. There's one guy. There's like some rando guy that works there that no one really knows anything about, you know. And he kind of just appears sometimes when someone is like, do you know where so-and-so went? And he's like, no. Like, that's like the only other guy. And then everybody else is women except for basically just like the three men right at the top. Exactly. But they are always the ones at the top. There's literally like women make all the check. Like they go to the retail stores. They do the inventory. They're the one. We we see them literally working. And then the men show up to like, you know, assault a woman at a work party or like ask a woman to like flip the meat at some like dinner function. (laughs) And and then like eats by like spitting on everyone's noodles or like insisting that like you know, he's allowed to have, like, whatever she's having, which is a genuine metaphor for the entire, for for the world, maybe, or, 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 or something. Yeah, but, like, I don't remember what the point of that was, except for to say that, like... Other than men are disgusting. Other than men are disgusting, but also just to say that, like, I don't think... I. I think it's clear that she wasn't, like, excited about this behavior. I don't think anyone's excited about this behavior. No one's, like, looking forward to these functions. But she definitely wasn't questioning them and questioning the way that she... They all felt a lot of guilt about it. Like, they were... This was just, like, again, part of the agreement of having a job being abused. Right. Which, what, like you said... She's not wrong. She's not wrong. wrong. We could talk a lot about it. Oh, you know, we're actually getting to the point in the episode where, um, okay, so her ex-boyfriend, Creepbag, his character, things really escalate for him, you know? Like, at first he's kind of, like, pathetic and sort of insane Mm -hmm. and just kind of, like, wants her back and... You know, obviously, like, her parents are not helping because her mother is like, absolutely, you should get back together with him. Um, but he starts to, like, devolve and become even more unhinged. Right. And and then, like, enters into, like, kind of, like, attempts to sexually assault her. And then, in this episode, um, sends her these, this, like, bouquet of flowers and is sort of like, I love you, I miss you. And then... Um, our lead character, he finds out, um, and then basically like steals the flowers before she can find them, mm. and then goes meets up with her brother to be like, let's basically just like go fuck up this guy, like, <laughs> and and it's also like she finds this out because she goes and checks the security footage. It's like a lot. I'm like, whoa, okay. So you like, 
She's competent. Also, she's good at her job, okay? She's like, good at her job. And also, like, the security people are like, absolutely, let's rewind this for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but isn't part of why they're, like, going to fuck up this boyfriend, ex-boyfriend is because... Well, yes, one, he has a kind of a semi-naughty photo. Yeah, he has the these, like... He has essentially, like, when I saw the pictures, I was like, ooh, such good, like, there's such, like, nice eroticas. Or, like, I don't even know if you, she's, like, in a, she's, like, in a nightshirt, and you can see, like, some of her legs. Like, but, like, you can't even really see her face. And also just, like, it's cute. Like, yeah. And, like, cute. I feel like, like, you could see, like, some of her shoulder or something. Yeah. And, like, and maybe. And like, kind of got, like, a cute smile. Yeah. And like, she's kind of, like, nuzzling. Because, like. like his, like, neck side face thing going on. And it's, like, it's actually just, like, a sweet image. It's not sexy. It's like, not you know, sexy. It, like, honestly would not even be, like, it's, like, there's less. She's not even in a bikini. Let's just say that. Not she's even in a bikini. She's not in a bikini anywhere. But, However, everyone yes. is, like, incensed. Because <laughs> they're, like, is that her fucking shoulder? I'm, like, <laughs> we're going to die. Like, this is, and then they, like, take off, steal the flowers, hunt down his apartment and like basically just like ring the doorbell why this guy even opens the door i don't even know opens the door and then they just like chuck him to the ground (laughs) and then they go and they just like mess up his apartment because they find his laptop because i guess when you're a perv your pervy shots are just up on your laptop all the time so they were like look at these photos of like and these ones were slightly more illicit, but still not nudies. But she no. was like Look, in if, a towel about to go showers. On a dating app, it would it would barely be like <laughs> it would just maybe be it could be a it could be a <laughs> profile pic. On the dating apps. <laughs> but like I did think that this was a really good point, Kim, that you're bringing up that. Like, it does go back to, I don't think I see a lot of, I don't think I've seen actually any, not just Korean, but just dramas, where kind of shaming the woman in particular is brought up. And like, it it is brought up, but it's brought up in episode five, and then it's not like it's really ever a thing. Like, they address it. Yeah. She did this. They, or like, which... And I don't say she did this like, oh, she did this, so shame her. But it's like she had previous people she dated and yeah. like people have cell phones and they have cameras and there are pictures of her shoulder. OK, like they exist and we're going to deal with it if it needs to be dealt with. If not, we're going to move and on. They're just like, you disgust me. Yeah. <laughs> well, like you they together for years. Yeah. And there's a pic of her shoulder. Yeah. Well, like, as in, like, no one says that. That's what you're saying, right? Like, and and I think that, but I do think that it also rolls back into, like, a maybe this is why this sort of sense of, like, second chance does appear. That, like, maybe she does regret this. But also, I don't know, like, I was hoping, like, an optimist, like, more, like, feminist reading is that, like, yo, she has a body. She's had, she's not a virgin. Like, 30-something. Like, let's please. It's just, like, adds, though, to, like, her, you know, like, she's damaged. Like, like, a man's already seen her shoulder. (laughs) You know, her shoulder's already been exposed to at least one other man. You know, it's kind of like, like, she just damaged goods. Like, I think it just, like, adds to that again, like, why she's unmarriable or something. Yeah, I mean, I do think, like, that is part of it is that like she does have she doesn't just have a past like she has a past that's like full but like I did feel a little bit hopeful that it was like yeah she has this past and it's in episode five and then like they just have so many other problems like this is just like this is like it's just like a footnote in the many many things (laughs) like they got rid of the shoulder pictures Maybe they'll, you know, maybe they will make more. Who knows? You know, like they are on their phones kind of a lot. And, and and then we'll just move on. Yeah, nothing really like, he definitely doesn't go to jail though, right? Like they never, I think, um, oh yeah. Even after he attempts to kill her no. or like, you know, murder suicide situation thing, 
like he still doesn't nothing happens to him. He, just, he actually doesn't ever reappear. I think like he this never is, reappears. He never that. reappears. He, they, which he, is good. Because unlike, you know, which we'll talk about in you know, our next podcast episode yeah. about one spring night, you know, that deadbeat boyfriend, I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, why are we still talking like, about him? They at least knew when to cut this one off. Yes. It was like, we've got other problems to deal with. We already, we still have the abusive boss. We still have the abusive mom. There's a lot to get through. <laughs> we have, I mean, yeah, like I, I really did appreciate that because it was hard for, for us to watch even a few episodes of this obsessive, yeah. controlling, abusive boyfriend because she's already surrounded by abuse. How much more yeah. can this character take? <laughs> you got to start trimming some yeah. of this. Like. But also, like, you know, she the the abusive boss remains. The abusive mom remains. The the sort of the isolation she feels even from her friends, like you mentioned in the previous episode, remains. And then she even starts having problems with her boyfriend, you know, towards yeah. the end. And then they break up. So it's like, there. I do think that there are so many different conflicts that enter in that, like, I w- really appreciated their decision to be like, goodbye, like, ex-boyfriend, you know, we'll have 11 up ep- or, or, like, how many more episodes? Well, we just have so many more episodes to deal with all of the other complexities of this person's life. Well... And I think it speaks to the fact that it is ultimately her journey, you know, like at the end of it, because some of these things aren't even really resolved, you know, it's like a manager expectations kind of thing. It's like the boss stays terrible and all of the men are terrible and she ends up ejecting herself from that situation. That's the only solution, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing with her mother. It's like her mother's just terrible always going to be terrible. She doesn't somehow like have an epiphany at the end to become like a better person. Sort of no. like the only thing that she can do is just leave. And so she makes those decisions. Like that's, I think that's part of it is like throughout the series, it's so much about her being like, if I just like, if I endure this, if I put up with this, if I alter my behavior, you might become someone else. Because she's, she's, she's such a people pleaser. She's such a people pleaser. But she I, realizes that's a failing. It's yeah. not going to work. And, like, even with the mom, I think the final scene between her and her mom, like, her mom doesn't say, like, I regret any. Like, her, there is no repentance, you know? Yeah. Her mom just says, like, I guess what they say is true, that, like, you can't forever control your children. Like, some variation of that. She's like, yeah, you know, like... They say that you can't win over your your children, and it's like, yeah, because your child is like thirty five. Like, you know, like I mean, my God, like how much control did you want over another human being? You know, like, but she doesn't say like I. She doesn't have like other desires for her her daughter. Like, she still wants it her way. She's just saying like it is what it is, which is really not really much of anything. Actually, it's like a a non statement. But it's, like, the most she can do. It's definitely not a statement she made because she's a people pleaser. So the real mystery is, like, how did this girl become such a people pleaser when she's surrounded by people who are not people pleasers? Yes. Yes. The scene is really crazy. Yes. (laughs) In which I'm also confused why he, like, he breaks the computer. But I feel as though he could have gone a little bit further by, like, actually... Like, he kind of just, like, tears the screen off somehow. The information's not in the screen, dude. (laughs) But also, by this episode, is it, like, can you remind me, does her brother kind of have an inkling that they're they're maybe, that they're kind of together? Well, he kind of has, like, he's a bit like, why are you getting so upset? It's like, as if, if, like, she's not your sister, you know? Like, it's, it's a little bit, like... Um, oh yeah, because it's in this scene actually where he says something about like, don't tell her about this. It's just going to make her upset. And he's like, what are you like? Are you uh, her brother? You know, like you're the one that's looking out for her. So it's like, I think he doesn't know. No, he doesn't know. But it's also like, no, no, no. He's really not her brother because you are her brother and you're uninterested. I know when he finds out. Okay. He finds out again because so she finds out that these two went over there to like 
fuck up her ex-boyfriend. And so then she goes to go and fuck up her ex-boyfriend <laughs> and then breaks her phone in the process. And that's when, like, she has to, like, be in touch with that guy again. And they end up at the police station because she, like, tries to beat him up. And that's when the brother finds out that they're dating. And he's kind of the only one. Love him. I mean, no one should ever doubt your memory. Like, look at this. Look at this recall. <laughs> look at this recall. Although, I really, like, I find that the brother is, like, relatively, like, unlikable. Oh, totally. Like, he's just the worst. And I'm kind of, like, su- like we're supposed to believe that he's so brilliant and, like, the future of this family. But he seems kind of like an idiot. <laughs> oh, no. He's so underwhelming. He's so underwhelming, but he's so believable. Like, he's, like, literally disinterested. Yeah. In everything. And I'm like, you guys are friends? Like, when? <laughs> well, he doesn't have interest either. They're fine. <laughs> He's, like, literally uninterested. And he... And then, like, at the end, I'm like, who'd you get married to? When'd you date? Like, what is happening? Like, who well, does... This is why I also don't know how much time has passed. I was like, you managed to, like, date and marry a woman already? Like, has it been, like, a month? <laughs> Like, was this a blind date Netflix situation? Like, what's happening? (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Okay. Okay. Should we talk about the fashion? Yes, please. Let's do. Um, I would say watching the show, I was like, just became obsessed with oversized suiting. It's Mm. excellent. It is. She has perfected proportion. It's amazing. The blazers are always like appropriately large she always has like a casual kind of vibe still with like jeans but like it just everything just works yes she's not overly accessorized either like i don't feel like we often see her with like a lot of earrings or like jewelry but like the blouses are really perfectly proportioned um she doesn't wear a ton of prints it's mostly like basic so it's believable within Mm -hmm. the realm of like her workplace but it's very chic. Totally. I I really feel like it's hard, as we will discuss um, in our next episodes, to get this oversized look correct. Or maybe not even in the next episodes. In my personal experience, <laughs> I can say with some certainty that it's actually quite difficult to find things that are oversized but not just... Do like, not like yes, like that don't fit, right? So I think like whatever is happening between her and the person who's coordinating her stylist, like they're doing a superb job of finding like the perfectly tailored yet oversized looks for her. There's there's probably tailoring going on. Yeah, right? I like, hope I think so. Realistically, I mean, this is this is what we're working with here. She's a celebrity, so. <laughs> Just tone it down. Um, it's not off the rock, off the rack nonsense. But the the ta- like so there's like this kind of oversized yet tailored look, but that's also very casual. So you almost you kind of envision her running around all the time because you do see her her character is that she's sort of like called to do things like called to take an extra shift at the coffee shop or called to like randomly go to some work dinner that she was not really prepared for. So her hair is like half tied and then she's like sort of in work gear, but like not really. And, and it does like the, the split between like casual, but also like, I do think I derive a lot of pleasure from watching her, like um, from her outfits it's like a really, like, um, a good balance, I thought. Oh, yeah. I I think that also they use clothing to sort of indicate um, the kind of relationship that they have with each other. Because there's multiple scenes, you know, because they're, like, up all night or whatever, <laughs> in which they're hanging out and she's just wearing, like, giant oversized hoodies. Yeah. You know, like, giant, like, chunky, like, trainer sneaker type things. You know, they go on this, like, date where they're just eating, like, food on sticks for, I don't know, how many hours. And she just, like, is, like, this kind of, like, sack, you know? Yes. But it's, like, totally fine. Yeah. She's obviously, like, very comfortable with him. They have a really good rapport. It's not yeah. like she, every time they hang out, she's, like, doing a full face and, like, you know. 
she barely wears actually any makeup. I don't even really remember. Like, I feel like it's very, I mean, I think a lot of Korean like lead characters don't wear a ton of, like, or like they're really perfecting this like natural beauty look. But her in particular, it's like very, very minimal, minimal. Yes. Yeah. I think, you know, that also indicates her growth because in the beginning when she kind of like tries to dress up for her gross ex-boyfriend, you know, she like puts on a bunch of lipstick and she like buys this kind of like excessively frilly floral gown. dress, which was like very expensive and like did not need to be that expensive. I was like, does it really, does it look good on you? Like it was maybe like one of the more underwhelming dresses of the entire show now that you remind me. Yeah, it's yeah. very, it's very unflattering, and I'm sure it's intentional. And you know, like but overtly feminine. Point of the show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're so right. Yes. You know, she finds love, and then she's just like solids only. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's like solids only, and then it goes into this kind of like really beautiful palette of like sky blues, creams. Yes. You know, these really kind of like cut the colors that like make a lot of sense for her I think but also that make her seem put together yes I think that she also subscribes to a very like you know I do think this is just generally good advice for people who want to look good you just have to have like a nice bag and a nice like series of shoes and you how to make anything work you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a handful of like nice blazers or like one to two pairs of nice yes. jeans, well fitting jeans, and you can kind of build everything around there. You yeah. know, I think that she has like, I think her shoes are actually very expensive. Speaking of shoes, Kim and I, part of our series will be that, well, aka, we're not sponsored. <laughs> Don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Don't even know what we would advertise. The people are listening. Yeah. Look, we don't even know what we would advertise. We do it for free for you. Yeah. We advertise the end of capitalism. As as ironic as that is, as oxymoronic as that is, as we're talking about like blazers, we're like, we definitely believe in the end of capitalism. And you know, if there's a dude listening to this, it won't make sense to you, but it will make sense to everyone else. So don't you worry about it. Okay. You don't need to write us. We know you don't get it, but we know everyone else gets it, and that's all that matters. Um, but we 100% report spam, yeah. Well, 1000%. You'll just write us to prove our point that, like, you continue to not get it, you continue to believe that, like, you continue to believe in some kind of like purity, hierarchical utopia or something, which is the show just, is not for you, <laughs> yeah. It's just a repetition of our nightmare, okay? So, like, whatever. Um, but for everyone else, uh, the thousands of thousands of you who are listening to us, we will post this episode with some links to Poshmark items and eBay items that Kim Secondary and I. Secondary market only. <laughs> yeah. Secondary market only items um, that we think like are actually kind of a good find that fit with this theme that we're talking about of like good suiting. And put how much we think you could bid for the items for, if that makes sense. Like, we don't actually believe that you should buy any of these things for the price that they're listed. I hope, we hope you know what we're talking about. If you don't. We're like, trying to gift as much knowledge as we can (laughs) to basically rob everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Also, um... Please DM us or email us if you were confused, okay? If you've, like, if you're not, we're, we're like, I, I do think that, like, this is as intimate as I'm ever going to be in public. Like, sharing all of, like, sharing our Poshmark listings. It's like, this is it. it, a lot. it this is a lot. it. This is, like, full commitment during the apocalypse of from us to you. That, like, we would like for you to get things on the secondary market the way that we think that the market should work. Um, and we would like for you to have nice blazers. So, true. Yeah. COVID only lives on cardboard boxes for <laughs> one week. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> so, if you just like 
bid for the item. It comes. I mean, like the chances of you getting it from cardboard. Some people are saying one week. Some people are saying 24 hours. We think it's good to just like let things be for a little bit, you know. But like when it's coming through the mail, we're hoping that some of it could sort of, you know, die off. And then <laughs> and then if more of it is there, then maybe you just leave it in the sun for a little bit or close to the sun. And then you will eventually open the item. And then you could write to us. <laughs> We hope that there's somebody who bids on these items. <laughs> also, we don't know any of the people who are sell selling these items. Um, Absolutely not. Yeah. And if they're jerks to you, we are not liable for this. Yes. Yeah. Also, if they are jerks to you, like they decline your bid, we ask that you immediately unlike and tell us <laughs> because we will not post from them again. Also, I I am I am someone who buys on Posh pretty pretty consistently. I almost only buy secondhand items. That's why my, that's why if you've ever seen me live, like physically, and not just virtually, things are just kind of all over the place. No one sees anybody live anymore. Yeah, we're not going to see each other live for a really long time. So like, you know, things are mismatched in person, but like, it's okay, because we're all... We recommend until we're in a post-COVID era, you should just really focus on like tops, because that's <laughs> all that people can see anyway. Well, only post-tops. Maybe one pair of shoes because shoes are just like nice for you. Good investments. Yeah, good investments. You know, maybe you can like if you're pacing around your studio apartment <laughs> or in your room that you share with a roommate, it'll I mean, also be I helpful. I don't know why white people will be listening to this podcast, but if they are, I know that they do like wearing shoes in the house. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if it's new with tags, you can just pace around in your your house and you know minim minimal damage. Um, but we don't think you'll listen. Also, yeah. But um, yes, so Poshmark or eBay. And please do not try to rebid on people who reject your bids. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. It's a bad strategy. Bad, bad, strategy. bad strategy. If you are genuinely curious, but you don't know what we're talking about, DM us or email us. We are happy to take you through this process. You know, secondary okay. markets only, everyone. Um, and we're very excited to continue providing recommendations throughout the entirety of this season of this podcast. <laughs> um, and our next episode will be focused on a show that we actually both hate. Hate. <laughs> hate. I think we both hate watched it. I mean, I definitely did. We're desperate. We were desperate for new content. <laughs> um, and it's by the same creators of Something in the Rain. Yes. But it's a show called One Spring Night. Yeah. So please start catching up on that show now. Hey, watch that uh, in anticipation for our next episode. And email us your questions and send us your questions. And if you end up bidding or have questions, you can send us those as well. Um, but we've sort of planned out what our next few episodes will be based on the things that we've watched or we're going to watch but if you have thoughts for us of course you can send them but thank you for listening send us questions thank you so much kim thank you Anza. this was great bye everyone bye